Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. This evening, I am joined by Jack McEnroe. Jack, are you there with me? I am. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing really good. How you doing? Good, good, good. Okay, you were coming in and out of the queue. So, welcome back. It's been a while. I feel like it's been forever since we talked. Has it? Feels <laughs> like it. Time flies. I don't know if the summer went by in a snap. So, um, what? We kind of didn't really, you didn't do shows in August, right? Yeah, August we were off and so yeah, we, we were talk, We talked we talk a couple of weeks ago, I don't know. My life is so crazy, I don't even know what day it is, so. <laughs> we talked, your calendar was coming out. It's out, It's uh, I have it, I have 17 boxes. <laughs> well, now I think I have like 15 left, but like my apartment is scary, it looks like I'm like running a drug <laughs> ring or something. <laughs> And people but can yeah, go to your, web, your website yeah, to get those, right? Yeah, it's backslash 2012calendar. Uh, and actually, they're, it's, I mean, it's, I'm getting steady orders, and um, 100% of the proceeds go to Ampar. So it's, I'm not making any money on it. And um, so if you want to see my butt, it's only $14.95. <laughs> and I'm signing all of them and writing little notes. And um, I guess when you order them, it goes through PayPal, and you can write, like, in the instructions, like, please write to so-and-so and say whatever, and I'll do it. So, um, yeah, good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and if really I sell, cool. I, know, I mean, um... I have to sell, like, 1500 more, but hopefully I'll be able to make like at least five grand for Ampar, so it's great. It's not bad. So, so um, people can go to your website and find it. Are you going to be bringing them on your um, your tour to Philly? Um, I, I technically I can't because it's, I'm working another job, but um, so it's kind of not cool. But um, it's easiest if people just order them online and then I can um, because they're heavy. Mothers too. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, but, but that is one thing that's coming up next week. Actually, is um, the Philly AIDS Walk, and you're going to be in town. Um, I am. So. I will be there. So if anyone's in the Philly area, please come and say hi and um, whatever. Yeah, we'll do pictures. I'll sign your butt. Whatever you want me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. You're walking, yeah? Yeah, I walk every year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I got to do that at least, you know? Yeah, of course. No, it's good. I mean, hopefully the weather is as fabulous as it was this weekend. I hope so. Because last year, I think the last two years it rained, right? Well, last year it was, I think it was like kind of a little bit of rain, but the year before it was like really bad. Yeah, I remember I was interviewing um, Mayor Nutter, and we was like, torrential downpour. I was like, it was not yeah. cute. <laughs> that's funny. So that's actually coming up uh, next week, the 15th. But actually, the day before, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight is there's actually a, a soccer tournament here in Philadelphia as well on uh, Saturday, October 15th from 9.30 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. And it's at 9th and Federal Street in Philly at the Capolito Recreational Center. Um, for those who, um, who may not know exactly where that is, if you just go to Geno Stakes, Pats and Geno's right there, there's soccer fields, that's where the tournament's going to be at. And um, it's a big, you know, um, fundraiser that they do to, you know, raise awareness in the neighborhood. So Cool. 
Yeah, it's really cool. So I'll be there volunteering and maybe playing so people can come out and, and check that out. They have a lot of cool, you know, stands there, music, dancers and stuff, and free testing. So come out and awesome. Um, hey, the last guy I think we talked to was the one that did that was um, from Positively Aware Magazine, right? Right. That, yes. Um, did you do the photo? The, I think it was September 21st. I think they were accepting photos up through the 26th. Yeah, yes, with Jeff Barrett. Yeah, yeah, I sent that in. Yeah, I did it. I did. I, I did it too. And actually, I think mine's gonna be. They sent me a thing that said mine's gonna be published. I did a. Um, I wore a shirt that said HIV positive on it, and I wore it all day. And then I had a stranger take a picture of me wearing it on the subway, just to like sort of as a social, you know, a, a social experiment, like a just to see what reactions were and how I felt about, like, being, I mean, I'm obviously very out about it, but I don't announce it quite like that. So um, it was interesting. It was a weird, it was kind of a weird experience, like, because you, because I don't really feel like I'm, I feel the stigma anymore just because I'm so open about it. But when you wear it on your chest, it's like, I felt like one of those Glee cast members, you know, where they did the episode where they're like, had their insecurity on their shirt. And it was just, it was really interesting to kind of like, I don't know if people looked at me and even understood what it meant or not, but it was, it was weird. It was kind of, it was, but it nobody was cool. like said was, anything rude to you or anything. No. Uh-uh. And actually the woman who took my picture was really cool. And she was like, um, she's like, she took like six and then she's like, if you need more, let me know. And so it was cool. Were you dancing on the on the on the? Uh, oh summer? God, no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's every time I hear that sound, I think of you. That's a different video. The <laughs> <laughs> um, video cracks me up. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. That's my flash dance video for anyone who's wondering what the hell Robert is talking about. But so, so here's something that I actually I read on Twitter. Um, there was a rumor going around, and, and from what I believe it's a rumor, and from what I read, um, that supposedly Steve Jobs died of AIDS. Um, oh, really? It was like a big secret, I mean, and, Wiki, and WikiLeaks uh, leaked it out, supposedly. But from, if you, you know, just Google Steve Jobs and Wiki, WikiLeaks, it'll come up. And, you know, it, they kind of debunked themselves and let them know that not to take it at face value, but they literally have, like, photos of his test results, supposedly, really? you know, his test results. And, you know, that was why his family wanted privacy and all that. But, like I said, from what I've read, people were debunking it, saying that it was totally false. But, you know, it kind of made me think and made me tweet, like, if he was HIV positive and did die of AIDS, would that uh, change your perception of the man who changed the world? You know, would you you think differently of that now? You know what I mean? And that was kind of something a lot of people responded, no, I wouldn't. But some people were like, you know, maybe they wouldn't have bought an iPod. You know what I mean? Where people are stigmatized. Yeah. I mean, actually, I, mean, I, don't I, think think, it's true. I, I don't think it's true either because I think he's a man. I, I Obviously, I don't know him personally, but I would think that he's principled enough to be honest about it and, like, knowing that he could have such a massive influence. Um, but then again, he could it could be true, and he was pressured by shareholders, and who knows? I mean, he's he was very influential. So, um, But now who took over for him? It's um, – what's his name? Tim Sh- – him, uh, the new the new guy who is the CEO of Apple is like he's gay and he is now they're saying he's the most influential powerful gay man in the world. Hmm. So it, yeah, interesting. Speaking of powerful gay men, did you win that that Twitter gay thing? I did. I am a gay National Lampoon's best gay tweeter. Thank you. <laughs> it was funny. It was actually funny because it was a live um, feed from National Lampoon held uh, uh, an event, and it was sort of like a real ghetto style, like Academy Awards, where they'd announce all the nominees. And um, and Andy Dick was there, and he was in my category, and uh-huh. um, and he was, and he they brought him on stage to announce a different category. It was like, oh my god, can you believe I'm in? Um, the best gay tweeter. I mean, what kind of category is that? I'm sure. It's like between me and George Sakai. And I was like, um, yeah, you didn't win. Hi, I did. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm like, you are Andy Dick. You're appropriately named. There you go. Oh my! But that's so, cool that you yeah. Are. Yeah, yeah. So they, anyone can follow me at Jack McEnroth. Because I, I actually, yeah. But be warned, you, it's not. I'm not. It's not your. It's not your regular Twitter account. I don't tweet. <laughs> I did retweet what you just tweeted about our guests tonight. But like usually, I just tweet. Non, I tweet nonsense, and you know that. So. Yeah, but it's funny nonsense. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, at Jack if you can find you there. Um, one of the other things I wanted to kind of uh, touch on was um, this Wednesday uh, coming up is the 13th anniversary of the passing of Matthew Shepard. And um, it was one of the hot topics that we have going on on the Positive Network, and a lot of people were reflecting on it. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were, you know what I mean, 13 years later, you know, and his organization, you know, his family is running that organization doing great things. Um, you know, kind of like what are your thoughts about it? For being 13 years, can you believe it? I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've seen some Facebook posts and I wrote some comments. And, you know, I think any time, I mean, obviously it was super tragic, but I do think it's important to just remember those kinds of things. And he really made an impact. And, you know, unfortunately, those things still happen, you know? I mean, you hear about mm-hmm. people getting beat up, and um, I don't know, you know, he was obviously murdered, and it, you don't quite hear about that so much, but it still it still happens, I'm sure, and, you know, suicides and all those things. So it's like it's just a reminder that we constantly have to fight for um, anti-bullying and equal rights and all that stuff. I totally agree. I just can't believe that it's been 13 years. Like, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But, you know, the one thing, I was watching a video that somebody posted on the site, and um, it kind of made me really realize that, you know, his parents could have just been a victim too and, and, and totally just fell apart from it all. And in return, they kind of gained strength in it and kind of, you know, made a positive thing out of it and really are doing great things with the organization. And I just think that's so applaudable that they're, you know, from being so broken down from losing your son to then, you know, kind of pulling yourself together and finding, kind of like rising from the ashes to, to do something positive out of it. I think it's commendable. Yeah, totally. And that's what I say. We say this a lot on the show is that, you know, people that freak out about their HIV diagnosis, yes, it's trauma, anything like that, you know, losing a loved one, finding out that your your health isn't great or whatever, it can be really traumatic, but then, you know, I think there's always a bright side to, um, you know, m- take the knowledge and do what you can with it to make the world a better place. So, so yeah, I agree with you. What they've done is amazing. Yeah, I think it's it's incredible. Um, and really and quickly, of- I just want to plug, I think I sent the email to you that um, I know a casting agent in Los Angeles who is looking for two HIV-positive women and an HIV-positive heterosexual man to do a PSA, and granted, it's tomorrow. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of... live in L.A. And it's in L.A., so if you have to live in L.A. and be available tomorrow, it's one hour's work and it's 100 bucks. So I don't actually know. I guess you could just email me at... uh, My uh, email address is on jackmackenroth.com. And if you know someone to get in contact with, um, you know, like I think she's still looking for someone or from some people. So if anyone out in L.A. hears us and wants to make 100 bucks tomorrow and you're cool with doing a HIV PSA, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can contact you through the site. Um, how are the riots up there in New York? It's not really riot. Well, I, from what I hear, oh, it's not really like riots. I think it's more of kind of a sit-in kind of. I mean, there there were some for like active aggressive protesting when they tried to take over the Brooklyn Bridge, and that's when the 700 people were arrested. But how do you arrest 700 people? I think you just arrest them and tie those plastic things on them and shove them in vans. You know. <laughs> But you know, I'm I'm in, I'm a major supporter of all that because I think uh, I I I do not understand this you know the red states that are filled with people living close to the poverty level, and they support these Republicans that are like 
you know, millionaires and billionaires that don't want to be taxed. And it's like, really? It's like 1% of 1% of the population, like, owns 50% of the wealth. It's like, it's so crazy. And people are like, no. I'm like, dude, do you really need a billion dollars? Really? You can't part with a couple million. I, I think it's so bizarre. So, I mean, please, if I was rich, I'd. Even I think Chelsea uh, Handler had it on her show on Chelsea lately. She's like, dude, I'm rich. I should pay more taxes. You know, right. she's like, it's, 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 it's democracy. It's like, I get it. So I don't know. And then the no, part, that, part of the, I mean, I'm not a big political strategist or anything, but it's like, okay, when you're super, super rich and everyone else is dirt ass poor, and there's no consumers to buy your product or fuel the economy because we don't have any money, you're not going to be rich anymore. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. I think yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a hot mess is what it is. Well, I see we have our um, guest on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring Janine on. Uh, Janine is a 29-year-old HIV-positive mother, college student, an activist. She lives in Nebraska, and she will be coming on. She was on earlier and shared her personal story. She's coming back to kind of just um, fill in some, you know, new stuff that she has going on. She's become a board member of an organization and is involved um, with some blogging duties and um, actually is involved with uh, Hope's Voice. So please help me welcome Janine Brignola. Janine, welcome to the show, honey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Great. You don't sound so happy tonight. What's wrong? Oh, I'm fine. I'm always nervous when I get on anything about being interviewed. I don't know why, but I am. Oh, please. <laughs> we are so easy breezy. Especially Jack. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny, Jack? I'm sitting there the other day, and I was like, oh, it's no big deal, you know, because I, I know Robert, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, it's, he's a friend. And then I'm, like, looking at Star Magazine, and I look down, and I'm like, Jack McEnroth, one of the commentators on fashion. And I'm like, that's so weird. <laughs> like, oh, well, if it makes you feel any better and more comfortable, I'm lying in my bed in my underwear. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's very informal. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. So what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Um, it's funny, like, you guys were just talking about, like, all the protests and Occupy Wall Street. Um, I got involved with Occupy Omaha um, just because I saw what was happening on Wall Street, and I was like, you know, this is like wrong and a lot of the budget cuts and like the financing and the cuts to the you know the ADAP funding and so I tried to get involved and now I'm really heavily involved in that we did a demonstration earlier today um we're doing something tomorrow night we're doing something on the 15th we're doing a, a big march so I've gotten really involved in that um that's awesome on, yeah, on that note, on that note, can we like so? What's your opinion on what I was saying earlier about like there's a whole, you know, a lot of the, you know, lower middle class are Republican because I think it's sort of they see liberal as a bad word and I think it has a lot to do with religion. I don't really know because I'm not I don't live in a red state, but like, I mean, it makes logical sense to me that you'd be like, okay, if you're not making a million dollars a year, then you should vote Democratic because they're going to cut all your programs. Like, why aren't people right. getting that? I think um, living in Nebraska, because people are so conservative here, and, I mean, it's predominantly a white Christian conservative state. And, right. you know, we are we are a Republican state, a red state. Um, right. I think that people – generally look at it as Republicans are just more conservative, and I think a lot of the opinions and a lot of the reasons um, that people relate more to the Republican aspects are, you know what I mean, to Republicans, um, right. is more about their fiscal ideals um, and, like, the different opinions um, and policies dealing with, like, fiscal issues, um, and it's not necessarily because they're rich or they're poor. I think it's just because they're conservative not necessarily right. as you know i'm not republican so i can't sit here and say like blah blah blah, blah. 
but I right. am really conservative in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm also, you know, a liberal and free thinking and far left in a lot of ways. Um, right. So for me, I can say that. But that's what I see is more of it, just like the ideology of them thinking, well, I'm a conservative white Christian person, and you know, I'm not trying to categorize all people, but I'm just saying that's what I see. Um, so I think it's just like, well, I'll be a Republican. Um, right. And a lot of, you know, because Nebraska pretty dominantly is a rural state, and people are just really conservative. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I, I totally get that, that reasoning. I just don't see why they can't see why they don't, yeah. that what, exactly what you're protesting against. I'm like that the Republicans are, you know, a lot, the large majority, you know, oh, well, of the super rich are Republican and they don't want to be taxed and they're cutting all the programs that these people living in rural areas that don't make a lot of money would benefit from. So it doesn't, I don't know. Right. It's just, it seems, it seems counterintuitive, but I get, well, I, I, I mean, see yeah. you would think it would be common sense. Like today we were out um, on one of the main, like two of the busiest streets in Omaha um, on the corners protesting or demonstrating, and we had our, you know, our signs that read different things. And this lady um, rides by and rolls her windows down, and she's like, I'm voting for Herman Cain. And we're like, okay. (laughs) I mean, just, like, get a job. Like, these people are like, get a job. And I'd say uh, 98% of the people that are a part of this in Omaha have jobs um, and, like, really good, decent-paying jobs, um, middle-class jobs. But, you know, people are just fed up. Of, right. you know, with a lot of the stuff that's happening. And, but it just, you know, I don't know. I don't understand, like, the reasoning or the thinking behind um, not thinking for yourself and not getting informed for yourself and not educating yourself to what's truly happening and to what, um, how you are being affected by what's happening and why what's happening is not right and why you should not just take everything that the media or the government issues or says as, the law, but you should actually, you know, you know, look at that yourself and determine if that's something that is right or wrong. Um, right. You know, like a lot of people don't know that the Federal Reserve is a privately owned bank. Um, the Federal Reserve gave out tons of bailouts, or you know, to the different banks, and then not only that, but last year they printed out money and shipped billions of dollars overseas to private funded companies. Um, how can you know? How can they do that? And they, you know, they they don't have any explanation to why they did it. They don't have to answer for it because there's not an audit. So I mean, right. it, you know, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. But I think most people do not understand that or know that. Um, you know, and we can fund all that, but we can't fund ADAP. And we have almost nine thousand some people, you know, waiting, and they can't get medication. And that's not the only issue. You know, I'm in college, and I sat there in class the other day. Um, well, this was a couple weeks ago, um, and I was talking to a girl, and she was talking about transferring, and I said, well, when are you going to transfer? And she was like, I don't know. I don't have a plan. And I said, well, you should have a plan. You know, it's not a good idea. You know, you should have a better plan. And she was like, I'm just trying to survive right now. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I'm starving. She was like, I've lost 40 pounds this summer because I don't have any food. And I, was, and I just sat there, and, like, literally my mouth dropped because I was like, what? <laughs> like, right. you know, you're a, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and I, not that I've, you know, haven't. Um, been exposed to that or seen it before, but it just, you know, when it's that in your face, it was. I was just flabbergasted, and you know, it's just sad. Um, but yeah, I no, wish people is, would. It is. It is really, really sad. Um, Jenny, just so people know, they are listening to Positive Radio, not like Meet the Press, because <laughs> they're just tuning in. Um, can Can you give our little people of a backstory? Um, I know you came in and shared your whole story before, but can you just give us a little bit of a, a rewind of you know, when you were diagnosed and and your process? Yes. So I was diagnosed with HIV in October 5th, which was a couple days ago, um, of 2006. And I was three months pregnant. um, And I just kind of, like, going back to, like, those days and, like, those moments, um, it was really overwhelming. Um, I wanted to kill myself. Like I thought, I didn't. I didn't understand HIV. I didn't know anything about HIV when I got diagnosed. I thought that um, 
great, I'm going to be pregnant, I'm going to give this baby HIV, and not only that, but he's not even going to have a mom because I thought I'd die in, like, two years. Um, So I had a lot of issues. I had people, um, supposed friends that told me um, that I was selfish for wanting to have my son because that there was, like, 0.094%, less than 1% of a chance that I could have passed the virus to him with the medications. And that I was selfish and I should have an abortion. Um, so, I mean, I went through a lot of different stuff, but the first doctor's appointment that I ever went to, I went in and I remember sitting there and I sat there and I told the doctor, I was like, I have to talk to about, like, I have to talk to people about this. I have to tell people this happens. And, you know, at that point in my life, I didn't think that it happened. You know, like I said, I didn't know anything. And, um, and then I'd say like over the next year, uh, I was just trying to adjust to, like, being a mother, being a single mother, being, um, you know, just being diagnosed with HIV and just everything that, like, basically happened. And then I decided to go back to college. Um, Well, 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 before you go to college, tell me a little bit how, for people who who may be listening and, and like, wait a minute, if she's HIV positive, how is she having, you know, a child? How did your child is HIV negative, right? Yes. Yes. Now, how no is child, that possible? How does that work? Um, medication. I, I mean, as long as you get on antiretrovirals when you are positive, there's really no risk of you passing it and transmitting the virus to your child. I mean, no child has to be born with HIV. The only reason that children are born with HIV is because they're not um, able to get the medications. They're not tested for HIV when they're pregnant because right. they don't have to be, or um, in, like, some world, third-world countries and some places in America, um, people cannot get, like, government programs that will give you formula, and they cannot afford formula. So it's basically like, do I look at my child and watch my child starve to death or give them breast milk, which will most likely infect them with HIV? You know, so, I mean, like, those are really the issues. But no child has to be born with it if medication is available, which I can't understand why they would not basically make it mandatory worldwide, globally, for medication to be available because the people being born are going to be the next generations that are going to continue on, like, the whole process of life, (laughs) basically. So I don't understand the reasoning and thinking behind it. I understand, like, the money issues and whatnot, but, yeah. So, um, yeah, no kid has to be born with HIV. You just can't, you know, breastfeed, and you just have to make sure that you take the medication the way that you're supposed to. It is difficult. Um, When I was pregnant, the medicine that I had to take was, like, it was horrible because I, not someone who ever threw up, um, but I threw up all the time. I, um, if not, I had diarrhea, like, trying to keep food down, like, I had to force feed myself a lot of the time. And it's just, it's funny because now I'm on medicine for my HIV and my body does not react anything like what it did when I was pregnant. Um, But it was all worth it because, you know, looking at my son and knowing that he does not have HIV, he does not have to grow up with HIV, that he, you know, has a chance at, you know, being a normal, like having a normal life. And not to say that we don't have normal lives, you know, people that live with it. But, you know, just being, he'll be able to be a kid and he won't have to deal with that ridicule from other kids and go through that. And so I'm just thankful for that. Right. So how um, did your family react when you told them? Well, my dad was there. Um, when, when, when I got, got your home- results? No, when I, I got a, um, I didn't get told um, in the office. I got a phone call. They told me on the phone, and um, I know that it's not something that they had ever dealt with before. But um, my dad was there, and he had seen that the doctor's office had called, and so he, like, I was crying, and he just came up and he was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I have HIV," and um. You know, I've said before, but my dad's an old-school Italian guy, so I've seen him cry. I've only seen him cry one other time, and that was at my sister's funeral um, when I was 14. So I watched him cry, and, like, that was really overwhelming for me. Um, 
And I honestly do not remember how my mother reacted, but my mom is one of the most supportive people. Like, I can't even explain how wonderful and supportive that my mom is. Um, And so most people, I don't know, like most other people besides my family, I don't have a large family because um, the only sister I had is deceased. And so, yeah, but, um, you know, my friends, it was – completely different reactions um like i said i had some that were supposed to be friends of mine but were telling me to like i was selfish and i should get an abortion and i shouldn't tell people because i'm pretty and people won't know that i have hiv and i can still live a normal life if i just pretend that i basically don't have it and just keep on going and for me for like that first year that was a lot of the issues that i had because i wanted to talk about it so badly and I wanted, because I was pissed off. I was pissed off that no one had ever thought that because I was a heterosexual Caucasian female, you know, in the middle class, that no one thought that I was someone that could be exposed to HIV or infected with HIV. So no one really educated me about HIV. And I was pissed about that. And so I wanted to talk to people and I wanted to tell people that, that it happened and that they needed to be more informed. And I wanted to change things. Um, and so it, it was like a battle within myself. Um, and then I just started telling people. And I think once you've told more than a handful of people, whether you like it or not, people are going to tell other people. Um, that's just how people are. And at one point when I worked at Victoria's Secret, it was just a couple of the girls. Um, there was only two people I worked with that knew, my boss and then another girl that I worked with. And I knew she had told some people and basically, I was like, you know what? You're not going to sit here and talk about me. Like, if people want to talk about me or want to know what's going on, I have no problem telling anyone anything, and I have no problem being 150 million percent candid and honest about it. So I would rather myself be telling the story than someone else. Right. And, yeah. So how, how, was that, how was that received? I mean, besides your friends that were – you said you had some friends. How about people that were like – acquaintances, whatever, did they have a lot of questions or were they weird about it? I've had a lot of people, um, this is the funniest thing. I've had so many people that are like, oh, that's so, you're so amazing because, you know, in Nebraska, like, there's a couple people that talk, but they're, you know, there's like a couple women that are in their 50s and 60s, like late 50s and 60s, and then there's like some really long-term survivors that are a couple and then there's, like, this one younger guy that does some stuff. But nobody really comes out on a large uh, front and just sits there and says, like, hey, I got something to say. You need to listen. And so for – I think for a lot of people here, when they um, – when I started talking to them about it, before I got involved in a lot of, like, the big media stuff that I'm doing, um, it was just like, oh. And, I, you know, I had guys that I'd meet, and they'd be like – and I'd tell them, and they'd be like, oh, well, we can't, you know, we can't be together, but I'll be your friend. And then I'd never hear from them. And, right. or I've, you know, or I've had, like, um, people, like, try to befriend me, and then, like, I tell them that, and then I don't hear from them, and they're not my friend anymore. Or, like, they're my friend for a little while because it's, like, it's cool to be the girl with HIV's friend, you know, the big activist out of Nebraska with HIV's friend. And then all of a sudden it's like they realize that I'm really just a normal person that lives a really normal life and that I'm a mom and, like, my son is my main priority. And I think people are just kind of like, she's really boring. And <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I, I can't tell you how many people I've come across that it's like, like literally like I'm just so cool to be my friend and then they're like oh she's kind of boring and I think they're you know bored with me or whatever and so I don't know um I've had all kinds of different reactions for the most part um I do not have like really um I'm gonna cry (laughs) I really like I don't have any close friends I have people that I've met with with HIV that I talk to but I hate talking on the phone really so I don't talk to them that often but um I have you know, I the two girlfriends, like the one when I was pregnant, um, her and I have been friends for years, but we've always like we'll get into little cat fights and then we make up and then we get into our cat fights and then we make up and um we just like we were fighting and we just made it up and we were talking and I went outside to go get my medication and this is like two months ago maybe and 
I had a flat tire, um, and I had found out that somebody, like, flattened my tire, which I don't know anybody here that would flatten my tire, so I think it – I don't know, but that's another story. So, anyways, um, <laughs> I, so I called her, and I was like, you know, can you take me to get my medication from the pharmacy? And she was like, oh, well, you know I have a big SUV. And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I don't have any cash on hand. I said, but I have my credit card. Like, I'll put 5 bucks, 10 bucks in gas. And she's like, well, I have a big SUV. $5 is not going to be a lot of gas. And I was like, really? Ew. And this is the same girl that was like, you know, and she knows, like, she. I've told her all about, like, you can't miss your medicine. You know, you really have to adhere to it. And, that you know, I think a lot of the reason that I'm as healthy as I am is because I have, you know, I'm so responsible as far as taking my medicines and adhering to it and doing it at a specific set time, and you know, and so for her to do that, and, like, this is the same girl that said, like, about the abortion thing, and I just, like, at that point, I was like, you know what, like, I'm done trying to be your friend, because if you cared about me at all, you would not do that. Right. Right. And then my other, like, uh, close girlfriend that I've had for some years, oh, go ahead, sorry. (laughs) Janine, do do you have support groups there that you can attend to, to meet, like, different people? I have, um, there's a support group that I have gone to a couple times, and I'm not trying to, like, I don't want to look at people and say, oh, you're this or that, but I, the people that I've met, I don't really have anything in common with. Like, there's, like, the older women that are somewhat advocates, um, you know, but, and they adhere to, like, what they say, like, they live what they say, um, but the issue is with those women um, like we don't have a whole lot in common, you know, they're like in their fifties and sixties. And then I've met like some younger women, but a lot of them like, you know, don't really adhere to like, like they don't practice what they preach and they don't, you know, just different stuff. And so there's so many, like there's so many differences. And, you know, like I said earlier, I've met a lot of people, um, but it's kind of like, it's cool to be my friend for a little while. And then they realize I'm really boring. And, you know, people around my age and people with kids around my age, like, they either have their family unit or right. they have, like, they're single and they want to go out and party every weekend and want to date this guy and that guy. Like, and I'm not judging anyone, but I don't bring men around my son. My son's four years old. Um, I dated one guy, He's and that was when he was a baby, so he doesn't even remember it. I've never brought anyone around my son since then. Like, I don't bring men around my son. I don't bring people that I'm just kind of acquaintances with. I don't bring people around my son unless you're, like, my real friend and you're someone that's going to be in my life and his life. And, you know, so it's, like, finding people that have, like, the common ground has been something that's been really difficult for me because the people that do have, like, the values and stuff that I do are generally married and they have their family unit thing going on. So, I mean, but it's, you know, it's not horrible. It's it's just um, the way I look at it is just thinking that it's happening for some reason and it's going to teach me something down the road. And, you know, I just try to gain as much understanding or experience as I can about the situation, I guess. Well, I, I also think that don't you, I mean, you know, you could have taken your friend's advice and been like, I'm just not going to tell anyone. And, I mean, don't you feel, yes, there are ramifications, of course, and, you know, as you just said, you're having trouble finding certain people that get it. But don't you kind of feel a sense of relief that you are, you're not holding? I mean, I think it's just it's always better oh my gosh. <laughs> to hold on than holding on to a secret, you know? Yes. And that's, like, that's the other thing about me. I am so honest. Like, literally, there is nothing you can ask me that I will not tell you the truth, even if I know, like, it will hurt me to tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth because I am just the kind of person that I don't get I don't get why people lie. Like, life is way too short. Why try to pretend to be something you're not or why lie about stuff? You know, I, I don't need to impress anyone that much. And I think for me, like, I, I could not be the kind of person that sat there like, I, I, you know, I couldn't date somebody and not tell them. It's, I, I tell them, like, within five, ten minutes usually. Or if I get approached by a man, I'm like, okay, that's great. And, like, because I get hit on a lot, I mean, and people come up to me and I'm just like, I'm like, okay, I'll either say to, like, if I'm standing by someone I know or something, like, I'll be like, oh, I'll be like, well, hmm, I have HIV, so how do they feel about it now? Or I'll tell them, like, well, I have HIV, so what do you think now? Because it's just, like, I'm not going to – 
I don't know. I'm just not capable of being someone that holds that in. I'm just not. Right. <laughs> And I I would just like to say, actually, because you you said, like, multiple times that people hang out with you for a while and then find out that you're boring. Um, Well, you're totally not boring. (laughs) I think think what you meant to say, kind of, and let me put words in your mouth, is that they expect some sort of, like, crazy alternative HIV lifestyle and, like, find out that actually we're just normal people that take a pill or two or three or whatever (laughs) But, like, we're not that exciting necessarily, you know? Right, right. Well, that's the other thing. And, like, now that, like, doing all the things that I'm involved with now, like, I have my, you know, my blogs on MTV and then, you know, and now that I'm Speaker for Hope's Voice and, like, going to the conferences and doing this and doing that and now that I'm on the board for ADAP and, you know, like, doing all this stuff and I think people think that I live some kind of glamorous lifestyle or that like hanging out with me is going to be like hanging out with some Hollywood starlet and I'm like dude I am not you know like yeah it's not that exciting right (laughs) and yeah so that's funny real quick I just want to open the line since we have about 20 minutes left if you'd like to give us a call and you'd like to uh, touch on one of the topics we're discussing here with Janine you can reach us at 347-215-9442 Press the number one button so you'll be connected and we'll know you want to come on air. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had on a guy, a gentleman by the name of Paul Gallegos, and he uh, runs something called the Intersection Project in California. And one of the big things that he dealt with was he's positive and his family, his wife, and his kids were all negative. Um, do a lot of people assume that your son is positive because you are? Yes. And it's so funny because it's kind of like what, Jack, what you said earlier about how you – it's something that you deal with every day and you talk about so much that you just kind of forget that people, you know, it, like, takes the shock value away. Right. Sometimes when I tell people, it's so funny because, like, I forget that it's kind of a big deal to a lot of people. And so it's because it's so normal to me. And I'll tell people, and I don't even, like, I used to, I used to be, like, right away, I used to be like, well, my son's negative. And now I don't even say that, and people are always like, well, is your son negative? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's definitely one of the first questions um, that people ask and that people generally think of. Um, Like last night, uh, a couple people um, that are doing the Occupy Omaha met at a coffee shop, and I, you know, we were just getting to know one another, and I started talking about, you know, I have HIV and the work that I do, and this guy, um, sat there and he just listened and he didn't say anything and the only question he had is well is your son negative and I was like yeah <laughs> so yeah people generally think just assume I think that he's positive or don't understand that you can't you know that you can have a child and the child not have it um right and you know because it's so common for me and because I'm informed you know I'm as informed as I am um I take it for granted I guess um but at the same time I always try to educate people, um, so I don't know. I mean, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see, like, the different feedback and the reactions. Right. Well, well also, I, see, I, I do think that um, – sorry to interrupt, Robert, but, um, oh, you know, I mean, the, the, the treatments and stuff for having negative children are relatively – New. I mean, we just, I mean, I I remember learning about it while we were doing the show, exactly how it works. So, and Mm -hmm. I remember, I think, especially in the press, there were like eighth babies, eighth babies, you know, people all the time. I think that's still probably in the, in the, and you, I'm sure, can testify to this, but, um, you know, I think that's in the, in the, in the public's kind of concept of what, happens you know i think they're still stuck in that probably so it's good that you're informing people i definitely agree because i think that you know i mean coming from where i came from before i found out and not knowing anything about hiv that is literally like one of the first thoughts that entered my head um you know like i said i'm gonna have this baby that's gonna have hiv and he's not gonna have a mom so I was that uninformed. I mean, and right. now because it's so common every day for me that I am the way that I am. But at the same time, it's definitely something, you know, that people don't understand and people don't think about that. And when they think about HIV or AIDS, you know, they don't relate it to kids that often because I don't think people 
generally think about that kind of stuff. So it's it's good to talk to people and to tell people and to let people know. And I'm glad for the most part that people assume or ask about my son or that is like one of the main things that people, you know, concentrate on because I do get to utilize that as a way to reach people and to let them know that, you know, no, it's possible. You can have a kid like, you know, I don't know what you think is happening, but no. You know, so right. it's good, you know. <laughs> No, that's interesting. Just remember, um, if you're on hold and you want to speak to us, press 1. I do see a few people sitting on hold, so I just wanted to um, go over that. You know, Jeannie, you started video blogging, um, you know, a while back, and you do, you know, contribute your videos to um, Pause I Am, and I see it, you know, um, I think you have them on SMB as well, right? What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you, I heard all blog? of it with the last question part. Your video blogs, they're on MTV as well, right? No. Um my video blog, the only thing on MTV are the two blogs that I did that were launched last World AIDS Day. Um, it's funny that you said that because I just went to a conference with a bunch of women, and they were like, well, why don't you contact them and tell them that they need to put your video blogs up and tell them that you have more blogs? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not like – I'm a passive person kind of, so I don't – I'm not like a pushy person. So, But I, I don't know. I've thought about doing that, so it's kind of funny that you asked that because I've thought of lately about – contacting them and see if that'd be something they'd be interested in doing. But, no, I mean, you can access, like, my YouTube channel. I have a lot of followers, which is kind of crazy because I never would have thought it would be the way it is um, from all over the globe. What? Your YouTube name. Oh, it's HIV Chick. Hey, that's awesome. (laughs) I'll have to check that out. Thank (laughs) you. It's, yeah. Um, And, you know, I've, like, I've literally gotten – emails um, or inboxes or whatever on YouTube from people and they're like, I wanted to kill myself and I saw your video and you gave me hope. And I'm just like sitting there. I mean, the first one I've got that was like that, because I've gotten quite a few. And the first one I got that said that, I literally sat there and it was just like, I cried. It was so overwhelming because I was like, I could not believe you know, that I was like able to do that just by talking about it or answering someone's question. And I, you know, I I think that, like, I don't get paid for it. You know, I don't care if I get paid for it because that is one of the best things that you could ever ask for, I think. Yeah, and there you go. That is the whole, that in it, it's a perfect, that's a perfect example of why we need to be visible and vocal because there is someone that will see your video or hear this radio show or see Robert or read Robert's blog or, like, you know, just type in HIV in Google and something from one of us will come up and they won't kill themselves. Right. It's as simple as that. There you go. Right. And it's so, I mean, it's so weird. And I think because I literally felt that way. Like I literally stood with a knife and wanted to slit my wrist and I sat there and I was like, no, I'm pregnant. I can't, I won't do that to my unborn child. So, you know, being able for me to hear that and to go back to that moment in my life when I stood there with a knife and I went through that. It For me, I was just like, you know, the first one I got, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I am, like, just thankful that I've been able to do that. And, it's you know, not just me. It's all of us. And I think that that's amazing that yeah. we can do that. I agree. Do you, do you talk to your son about HIV? And if so, how? How do you explain it yeah. to him? Um, and I know I talked about this on the last show too, but I know, um, no, I tell my son and I've told him since I can remember that, um, mommy has bugs in her blood that you do not have in yours and you cannot touch mommy's blood or anything with mommy's blood on it, any band-aid or or anything ever. Um, and he, so he kind of gets it. I mean, he's only four years old. He's a very intelligent four-year-old. And I'm not saying that because he's my son, but he really is. He understands things, like, seriously. My son will sit there and, like, you tell my son something, and he's like, really, that's interesting. And people are just like, huh? Like, <laughs> someone asked him if he was frustrated the other day, and he goes, no, I'm aggravated. So, yeah. Oh, my God, but, that's so funny. And, um, and he's, like, this cute little mixed kid with dimples, so it's funny. But, um, yeah, so. Uh, well, you and your son were on a billboard, right? Oh, yeah, I was on billboards here and on a TV commercial here. And what was that um, for? That was for just basically trying to break stigma. Um, It was the anti-stigma campaign. 
um, just trying to break stigma and get awareness out there. And, you know, I was as when they came to me and approached me with the opportunity, you know, I didn't get paid for it, but when they approached me with it, I was game and I was down because I thought, you know, if I can utilize my face um, just because I've seen, you know, the looks and I've seen, you know, the reaction from people when they find out because they don't think of me as being someone with HIV. So, you know, if I can use that, then, yeah, that's great, you know. Amen. I just remember the photo with him over your head. Yep. Right? And that they actually didn't end up using that picture, but, yes, that was I picked him up and I held him over my head because I, I, I wanted to signify or to symbolize um, strength. And the fact that, like, I have to be strong because I'm a mom and I have to be strong and I have to make sure that people are aware and people know because there is another generation coming up and this generation is so uninformed and so ignorant. And, you know, a lot of the the younger generation, they feel and they think that, well, I can just take medication and, you know, like I've, I've gone to schools and I've talked to kids and they're like, well, you look healthy and you're happy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, I am. But you have to realize that I have faced a ton of adversity in my life. I lost my sister when I was 14. I was in a car accident. I have amnesia. I was in a wheelchair. I had to relearn how to walk. I have been raped. I have, you know, I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life. So at the end of the road, for me to find out that I was HIV positive, you know, it was like the icing on the cake of, like feeling that I was the devil's spawn, but at the same time, it also gave me, like literally it gave me, when I started informing myself and educating myself, I, and I was pissed off and, you know, combining that with the education and the information, I was like, no, I will not sit back and no, I will not sit here and not do anything about it and no, you know, so it just was a lot about the strength and, you know, strength for the next generation and for the kids and for my son in particular and, so, I, you know, I felt like that symbolized it. But, yeah, so sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> no, it's great. You're a really good guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. You're, you're, like, you're, nice you're, talk. you're great on, yeah, no, you're great for radio because you're, 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 you're very well informed and you're very articulate, so it's good. Thank you. <laughs> I think so too. So I, know recently, yeah. I know you just recently became um, a board member for the ADOPT Advocacy Association. Um, yeah. What made you want to get involved with that? Um, a lot of it's just kind of like what I said. It all literally started with me being pissed off, and it's literally like nothing more than that. I was pissed off. I wasn't going to be treated a certain way. I was pissed off that people weren't being educated. I was pissed off that, you know things were happening the way they were. I, and then, you know, finding out about the ADAP issues, I was pissed off that people have to sit there and not have medication and die or be sick because of it. And we live in what is supposed to be the richest country in the world. And that goes back to, like, the Occupy Wall Street and the stuff that's happening now. But we can bail out all the banks and we can do this and we can do that, but we can't fund people to have medication or people to eat. And we can't fund people and, uh, you know, their houses are being foreclosed. But And, like, all this stuff is happening, but we live in America I mean, it's it literally is just all from me being pissed off. <laughs> it's like I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to sit by and do nothing about this. And a lot of it, like the way that I think of it, I'm like I live in Nebraska. There is nothing here. There are no conferences. There are no nonprofits. There's nothing. There is Planned Parenthood, which is a little information stuff, and then there's the Nebraska AIDS Project, which is, which is our AIDS service organization. And, you know, Nebraska AIDS Project is great. They do a lot of good work, and their their programs are great, and they utilize them very well. But I feel like a lot of their, you know, education and outreach is kind of, you know, geared towards their own agenda. And, you know, I was pissed off about that. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> literally me being pissed off and me not wanting to sit by and watch things and choosing to be what I feel is a part of the solution. No, that's great. I mean, being pissed is a great motivator. <laughs> yes, it is. For me, it is, I know. so. <laughs> Are you going to be in Chicago at the conference, AIDS conference in Chicago? No, I'm sad because I um, I actually applied for one of the PWA, like, leadership um, scholarship thingies that they're doing. Right. And I, did, I wasn't chosen, which that's um, fine. Um but it's it's unfortunate because I am like 
you know, I'm not it, but I'm basically it on a national level for Nebraska and right. for, like, the surrounding areas in Nebraska and around, you know, the, the bordering states and stuff. Um, and it's sad because I think people just kind of overlook it because we are such a, you know, such a lower incident state. Um, but at the same time, it's also given me a platform because I am one of the only people or what I know of, I guess, on a national level, like the only person, you know, doing or saying something or trying to change things. So, right. it, you know, but um, no, not this year, but I, I'll be at um, the international in 2012. Um, I'll be there. And <laughs> I have a conference with Hope's Voice and Spokane on, like, November 2nd through the 6th. And then World AIDS Day, I'll be um, in Wisconsin speaking at a school for Hope's Voice. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. I was in Wisconsin a couple of months ago. I had a great time. <laughs> really? I've never, I don't think I've, like, driven through Wisconsin, but I don't think I've ever really been there. So, yeah, I spoke at their at their AIDS ride, so it was actually great. Um, hey, tell really quickly, um, tell our listeners about Hope's Voice, like what what it is. Hope's Voice was started by someone I feel and believe to be an amazing man um, named Todd Murray, and he is HIV positive. And basically, he saw a need that wasn't being addressed, and so he formed Hope's Voice. And does HIV look like me? And um, I love I love and then from there. <laughs> I do too. And then from there he went and he started other programs. Um, you know, like Divas of Diversity and um now he's doing the the Bleed project which is called True Beauty and the Faces of War. And really all of it goes out and they do outreach and they just really inform people about the different diversities and I love that. Um but does HIV look like me is basically what is there like seven of us I think or nine, I don't know, I don't even know how many there are, but, like, several speakers, and you can basically choose your speaker, um, and they invite them to your college campus or your university, and they come out, and they we do a lecture series about um, just what it's like. We tell our story, and we just kind of give some statistics and information and, you know, just kind of inform people and teach people about what's happening. Awesome. And, That's awesome. Because actually, yeah, Hope's voice and and Todd was actually like one of my first connections in the HIV world because I participated in the Does HIV Look Like Me campaign and they have a video up there of mine. So it's kind of neat that you have that connection too because you know Todd's a great guy and he does you know good stuff. Yeah, he. It's so funny because like I <laughs> when I first met Todd, I was like. I would have thought you'd be like a total diva like you. I mean, you know, for all the wonderful things that he's done, because I've met people that haven't done half the stuff that he's done, and they have these big, huge heads, and they think of themselves in a completely different context. And so to know someone on that level that's done the amazing, literally, truly amazing things that he has done, and for him to be so down to earth and so real and honest about who he is, um, it's, it, I mean, it's really genuinely, it is an honor to know him and to be, call him a friend, um, and for him to be my boss. Like, I think that is like, I'm really lucky. Um, and the funny thing also about Hope's voice and does HIV look like me is I, um, I didn't really know all that much about it. I had seen it before. I had checked out the website one time and I was like, that would be so interesting. And I was like, they would never want me. So <laughs> then when it happened, um, Brandy Spedson, that um, is Todd's partner for Be the Change, um, kind of contacted me on Facebook, and her and I started basically started a dialogue and started just, you know, kind of throwing around ideas and talking about Hope's Voice a little bit. And I didn't think that it would happen. Um, and so when it did, it was really amazing. Um, and I think it's still amazing. Is, and Is your video up on the website? Mm, yeah. I don't think so. No. Okay. I'm down to the last, Janine, I'm down to the last minute. Okay. So I have to Sorry. I have to let you go. But people can find you on Facebook and Twitter and pause I am at Janine Brignola, right? Well, I'm saying your yes. last name wrong. Spell, spell your last name. It's B-R-I-G-N-O-L-A. 
right. And anyone that wants to sponsor her to go to the Chicago AIDS conference in November, she's taking applications. <laughs> <laughs> and check out her YouTube channel, HIV Chick, right? I wanna I'm gonna check that out. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Janine, for hanging out with us, and we love you, hon. Have a great night. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks. You guys have... Bye, honey. All right. Thanks, Janine. And um, we're down for like 10 seconds. So you can find more information on Jack at jackmackerleff.com. Go get his calendar. And you can find more information (laughs) on me and the show at posim.com. Next week, we have Ken Howard, the pod therapist, on. And, uh, Jack, I'll see you in a few weeks. Peace out. Have a great night. (laughs) Bye. Figured I spit it like I actually have HIV. That way people will listen. 500,000 people just died from it, and awareness is what I stand for. I'm still standing better than I ever did. With that HIV. Like With that HIV. Like Get tested. Make sure you're not infected. I'm still standing better than I ever did. With that HIV. Like With that HIV. Like Wrap it up. Don't be like me. Was in my breast.